Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining together with us as we share God's Word. I would like for us to begin our time together in prayer. I have some dear friends who just need a touch of God in their home, in their family, in their physical body, and I cannot help but think that there are those of you who are watching or listening that would say, you know what, I need the same thing too. I have good news that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so let's just accept his invitation that he has given to us to come to the throne of grace boldly, to find grace and mercy, to help in the time of need. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together, that he is here in our midst. You may be saying, well, I'm, I'm, I'm alone at home, or I'm alone listening in the car, or wherever. That doesn't matter if you're alone right now. The hearts of believers are joined together all around this world, and he sees your heart. He sees the hunger. He sees the desire of your heart. And so let's just believe right now and go to him. You know, all who came to Jesus He never turned them away. I was reading a scripture this afternoon in John chapter 6 that he says, All that the Father gives to me shall come to me, and the one who comes to me I will never, ever, ever turn away. And so just have that faith right now to accept that invitation that Jesus has told us if we come, he will not turn us away. And he is inviting us to come, not in timidity, No, he's inviting us to come boldly, to accept that invitation. Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet appeared what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. God has good plans for you. He loves you. His desire is to communicate with you. John seventeen three says, This is eternal life, that we would know him, the only true God, in Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. And so let's just pray right now and invite God into our time together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to pray right now, for inviting us to come. And Lord, right now, we just honor you. We reverence you. Jesus, we worship you. Oh God, we pour out our hearts before you right now and we call upon the name of the Lord. We pray for salvation. We pray for healing. We pray for deliverance to come into every home, into our communities all across this world. Jesus, you said in the last days that you would pour out your spirit upon all flesh. And Jesus, we long to be a part of those days right now. We hunger. We thirst for more of you. God, we earnestly desire that you would fill us up. Lord, not just a little bit, but fill us up to overflowing with all the fullness of God. Lord, we want you to saturate every fiber of our being with the very life of God. Lord, you are the God who does exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to your mighty power that is at work in your children. Lord, we give give you glory and honor and praise. Jesus, we pray, fill us up to overflowing. I pray, oh God, for rivers of living water to flow into every home. I pray for rivers of joy, rivers of hope, rivers of love, rivers of peace, rivers of healing. Oh, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Please fill every single individual listening right now. I pray for your blessing upon every family and every home. I pray that you would cause us to grow in our relationship with you, that we would have a deepening of our relationship with you, our understanding. 
Oh God, may this be the day and the hour when your people walk with God. Lord, I think about Noah when he found grace with God. Lord, in the midst of a world that was walking in great darkness, Lord, let this be the day and hour when the people of God, they find the grace of God, that we will walk with you in Jesus' name. Lord, as we share your word, we invite you, Holy Spirit, open up our hearts. Help this preacher, Lord, to share whatever it is that you want him to share. Help this preacher, Lord, to preach your word that would bring encouragement, salvation, strength, healing, and deliverance in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you as we are here together. I want to share just my main passage this morning is found in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Let's go ahead and turn there. Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 1, it says this, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The title for my message is Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. There are so many things right now that want to have our eyes, the attention of our eyes, the attention of our minds, diverted from everything but Jesus. But listen, our security, our hope, our peace, our joy, our salvation, everything that we need is found in Jesus. And so here Paul tells the Hebrews, hey, look unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. Wait a second. He endured the cross. How? Because of the joy that was set before him. What was the joy that Jesus had set before him before he went to that cross? The joy that he had was your salvation and my salvation, not just for the here and the now, but for all eternity. Hallelujah. I think about this, that here God, it says in the book of Isaiah that he inhabits eternity. He stands outside of time. Here we are stuck in the year 2020, but yet our God, he has not only made provision for 2020, but he sees into the future. He knows exactly what tomorrow is going to bring. He knows exactly what next year is going to bring. And who you are today What you are today is not all that you are going to be. You see, because he is God, because he inhabits eternity, he sees the end from the beginning. He is the first and the last, the great I am. What joy it must bring his heart when he thinks about you, his child, when he thinks about the people of God and all the wonderful plans that he has for his people. Paul the Apostle said, I has not seen ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Oh, it makes my heart happy to think about what he has planned for his people. Can you imagine someday that we're going to be in a place where there is no more sin, no more sickness, no more disease, no more pandemics. There's going to be no lack, no shortages of anything, but there will be a perfect provision. But not just that, we will be living in a place, the new 
heaven, the new earth, where God himself dwells amongst his people, where God himself will be walking amongst his people. You may say, that just seems too hard to believe. No, my friends, that's the story of the Bible. It began in the Garden of Eden back in Genesis chapter 1. And if you go to Revelations chapter 22, it ends in the garden with a tree of life, 12 different fruits bearing all different kinds of fruit every single month. There's a new fruit by the river of living water. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. God himself is going to dwell with his people. We shall be his people and he shall be our God. Oh my, what joy he has set before you. As he endured that cross, he said, you know what? There is no price that is too high to pay in order to secure your salvation. You may say, you know what? I've blown it. I've gone too far. I've messed up. And my life is in ruins right now. It seems the harder I try, the more I just seem to mess things up. I want to let you know, my friends, no, as I just said, it doesn't matter how far you've gone, what you've done, where you've been. If you will turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, he is able to save to the uttermost all who come to him. Again, you may say, though, but I just keep messing up. I can't seem to get any better. Listen, my friend. Who you are today is not all that you're going to be. The failures of yesterday do not need to hold back the future of what God has in store. I have the privilege of being a parent of four children, 11, 8, 4, and 3 years old. And I want to tell you, uh, just as I did as a kid, they make mistakes. They do things every single day that, you know, they have a lot of growing to do. And I don't I don't look at them and, and the things that they do and say, well, you know what? Today's failures, that, that's all they're going to be. No, they may have failed today. They may have made a mistake today, but that doesn't mean that's all they're going to be. No, Jesus said, as far as the east is from the west, that is how far he removes our transgressions from us. No, he has great plans for you. Uh, he, he knew you even before you were born. I think of another scripture about Jeremiah the prophet. I'd like to turn there. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. It says this, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, which means he set us apart for a holy reason. He ordained Jeremiah as a prophet to the nations. Did you read that? Before God formed Jeremiah in the womb, he knew Jeremiah. He chose him, sanctified him, and ordained him as a prophet to the nations. That is just mind-boggling. If he knew that about Jeremiah, friends, he knew you before the foundation of this world. That's the good news. In the book of Ephesians, it talks about that he has chosen us in him before the very foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love, that we would be seated together with him in heavenly places. Hallelujah! That is such good news that our God is so amazing that he knew us even before we were born. Let's go to the next scripture in Luke chapter 1 verse 15. This is speaking about John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus. This was spoken as well to his father, Zacharias, before he was born. And God said this about John the Baptist. It said, He will be great in the sight of the Lord and drink neither wine nor strong drink. 
he will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord." Did you see that? There was a lot of that he will. I want to go back there again in verse 16 and 15. He will be great. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit from the womb. He will turn many children back to God. He will go in the spirit and the power of Elijah. That is what God's word was to Zacharias the, 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 the father of Elijah, even before Elijah was born. Now, if God knew that about Elijah, is it not possible that God has good plans for you as well? Is it not possible that the same God who is able to fulfill what he did through Jeremiah's life and John the Baptist's life, that he is able to do that through you as well? Yes, he is. Let's go on to another scripture, Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Jesus said to his disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I am so glad that, you know what, apart from Jesus, I can do nothing. But with him, I can do all things. He is the true vine. We are the branches. If we remain in him and he remains in us, we will bear much fruit. We have not chosen him, but he has chosen us and ordained us that we should go and bring forth fruit and fruit that would abound. Hallelujah! Our God is so amazing, my friend. Here Jesus in the book of Hebrews says, look to Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Isn't this amazing as we just consider how, how he stands outside of time, that he knew you even before you were born. He knew every mistake, every bad, foolish choice. He knew every sin that you would ever commit. And he took it all into account and he said, you know what? You're still worth it. I'm still wanting to give my life to die on that cross, be buried, and raise again because I want to set them free from the slavery of that sin. Who else? Is, what, is, what is Jesus like? Let's go to Isaiah 46, verse 9 through 10. The Bible says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. Verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Our God declares the end from the beginning. He says that he declares from ancient times the things that are not yet done. His counsel will stand and he will do all his pleasure. Verse 11, Call in a bird of prey from the east, the man who executes my will from a far country. Indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, and I also will do it. Do you see how many times that God is saying that I have spoken it? I have purposed it. I will do all my pleasure. My counsel shall stand 
Friends, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. He is the great I am. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It says that in Psalms chapter 2 that when it says, Why do the kings of the earth plot and imagine vain things? Why do they stand opposed to God and to what he is doing in this world? It says in the book of Psalms 2 that he that sits in the heavens shall laugh and have them in derision. He will do what he pleases. Let's keep our eyes upon Jesus, knowing that, God, you have amazing plans for your people. Lord, help us to see that who we are today is not all that we're going to be. The predicament that we're in today is not going to last forever. The trial that I'm going through today, the sickness that I'm going through today, the struggle that I'm going through today, it is not going to define my future and who I am. No, Jesus Christ and Jesus alone, he is the one who gets to define my future. Secondly, as we look to Jesus, you know what? We are reminded that he has a high and a holy calling for our life. Let's look into the Bible at the next scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Why should we look to Jesus? It says in verse 9 that he has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. You have been given a holy calling. You have been saved, not according to any good things that you have done, no, but according to his own purpose and grace, God has called you and that was given to you. Look at it again. In Christ Jesus, it was given to you before time began. Hallelujah. What an amazing God that we serve. Again, before he, before Jeremiah was born, he says, I knew you, I sanctified you, I called you to be a prophet to the nations. God has a calling for you, my friends. It may not be to be a prophet to the nations or to be some evangelist or some teacher or some missionary. No, but God has a calling. Maybe it's to be that grandmother that you are, to be a mom or a dad, maybe to be a teacher. I don't know. God has a calling and a purpose for every life in Jesus' name. I'm reminded of the words to a song that I love to sing. It's titled, In Christ Alone. And here is one of the verses. I think uh, Natalie Grant wrote it. And here's one verse that says this, From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I'll stand. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. No, till he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ I stand. I look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, for the joy that was set before him. He endured that cross. Why did he endure that cross for you and I? Because he loves you. He has great plans for you. He has a hope and a future. He can see into the future of eternity, and he's not looking at all the failures of your past saying, oh, are you ever going to get over that failure No, he says, listen, if you'll put your eyes upon Jesus and look at what he has done for your life, if you'll receive the grace that he has for you, oh, he has wonderful plans for you. And he sees the high calling, the holy calling that he has for your life. Let's look at Hebrews chapter three, verse one. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, 
consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Are you a partaker of that heavenly calling? Listen, my friend, you are not a partaker of an earthly, worldly calling. Yes, we live in this world. Yes, we go through difficulty. Yes, we go through trials and troubles. But listen, we have a high, a holy, and a heavenly calling. It says in the book of Colossians chapter 3, it says, If you then have been raised with Christ, set your mind on things above. Set your affection on things above, not on things down here on this earth. Why? For we have died and our life is hidden with Christ in God. Hallelujah. Let's go to the next scripture here. As I just read Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 through 2. The next one, Jeremiah 29 11. God says through Jeremiah the prophet, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. This wonderful God, he has wonderful plans for you as his people. And so keep your eyes upon Jesus, realizing, Lord, no matter what I go through in this world, there is no difficulty, no trial, no sickness, no no, no tribulation that I go through that can compare to the cross of Jesus Christ and what he passed through. And so I need to look to Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of my faith, and he's writing faith on the table of your heart and my heart. And what is he saying? Hey, I want to remind you that I have invested all of the resources of heaven into your life. Why? Because I have good plans for you. Secondly, I have a high calling on your life. You say, well, what is the calling that God has for my life? I'll tell you, my friend, again, it may not be to be a preacher. doesn't matter. The calling that God has on your life is to represent him wherever you go. It doesn't matter if you're a child, a teenager, if you're a grown adult or an old widow somewhere. No, represent Jesus wherever you go. That's good news. You can represent Jesus uh, up in Alaska. You can represent Jesus in the jungles of, of Brazil. You can represent Jesus in Africa. You can represent Jesus in his kingdom, being ambassador of his wherever you go it doesn't matter you can be in a prison house or you can be in the governor's mansion you can be an ambassador to say Jesus you have a holy calling you have a high calling upon my life what is that calling is that you want to conform me to the image of who you are you see back in Genesis 1 we were made in the image of God but when sin came in it marred it ruined it distorted that image and here Jesus he is on this rescue mission to redeem to save and to say you know what I'm going to restore back my image into my people so they will begin to represent who I am wherever they go hallelujah in Jesus name who is this Jesus that we are to represent. He is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and the great I am. I just want to encourage you to set your mind, your heart, your affection on him. Worship him. All of the angels of heaven, they cease not to cry out day and night as they worship, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with the glory of God. As you set your eyes upon Jesus and you get him off of the things down here. Listen, there's a third benefit that comes into your heart. What is it? Is faith is built in your heart. You see, Hebrews 12, 2 says that Jesus, he is the author 
and the finisher of your faith. I have been thinking about this for many years, that any time that you look to Jesus, it's as if he is writing faith on the table, upon the pages of your heart. If you keep your eyes on the news, if you keep your eyes on the bad news, if you keep your eyes on discouragement, what happens is discouragement is written on the table of your heart. If you keep your eyes on all the negativity, what is written on the pages of your heart, but negativity, uh, just doom and gloom and depression. No, my friend, look to Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of your faith for the joy that was set before you, him. He endured that cross. Why? Because he saw the good plans that he has for you into the future of eternity. He saw the new heaven, the new earth. He sees the calling that he has upon your life. It is a high, a holy, and an awesome calling to represent him wherever you go, that he is going to restore his image into your life. And as you look to him, he's going to strengthen your heart and give faith into your heart. Why is that important? First John chapter 5 verse 4 says this, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Whatever is born of God overcomes this world. Jesus said in John chapter 16, I believe, verse 33, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. Uh, Let not your heart be troubled. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so Jesus, he wants faith to be rising up inside of your heart and my heart, not faith and faith, not faith in ourself, but faith in who he is. As you look to Jesus, he is writing courage in your heart. As you look to Jesus, he is writing greatness on your heart. As you look to Jesus, he is bringing peace and hope and joy into your heart. Whatever is born of God is going to overcome this world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. How is that going to happen? Look to Jesus, allow him to write, to not only be the author, but the finisher, the perfecter, the completer of your faith. Listen, this is a day as never before that we need faith in Almighty God. We need faith in Jesus and who he is. We need to lift up the shield of faith, as it says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. It says, above all, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Listen, there are fiery darts that come in you, that come at you and I every day. Fiery darts of discouragement, fiery darts of fear, fiery darts of depression, fiery darts of despair and hopelessness. And, and how do we quench those? How do we overcome through that? We lift up the shield of faith and say, Lord, you are my shield. You are my fortress. Your truth is my shield and my buckler. Hallelujah. Listen, my friends, today is a day that we need to look to Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. He doesn't want to just begin to write faith in your heart, though. He is going to complete the work that he has done in your heart. Today is a day 
look to him. Allow him to overwhelm your heart with a calling that he has on your life, that we have the privilege, the high privilege to represent him wherever we go. Arise and shine for the light has come and the glory of God is risen upon you. Let his joy be your strength in Jesus' name. Walk in the faith of Almighty God and say, Lord, I don't need a whole lot. Just give me that mustard seed so we can begin to see some mountains move and bring glory to God in Jesus' name. Church, keep your eyes upon Jesus. I want to close this broadcast time, this this taping, this this, this uh, sermon down with this. If you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. I just want to invite you to begin the best day of your life when you say, Jesus, I want to admit that, God, I'm a sinner. Lord, I believe that you were born of the Virgin Mary, that you lived a sinless life. I believe that you were crucified and that you died upon the cross, that you were buried, and three days later you rose again over victorious over sin in the grave, and you ascended to heaven, and you're coming again. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 10, it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with a mouth, confession is made into salvation. And with a heart, man believes unto righteousness. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Will you pray that prayer with me right now and just invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life? Let's pray. Jesus, we surrender to you. Jesus, we admit that, Lord, apart from you, there is nothing good in our life. Jesus, we admit that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God, forgive me. God, be merciful to me. God, I ask that you would wash my heart clean with the precious blood of Jesus. Lord Jesus, I look to you. You are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus, I ask that you would cause me to be born again. Jesus, I ask that you would fill me with the power of your Spirit. Lord, I ask that you would quicken me and enable me to live the life that you have called me to come to live. Jesus, you came to give life life more abundantly, and I receive that gift right now in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to watch or to listen, and just remind you, look to Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. What he began in your life, he is faithful to complete. Who you are today is not all that you're going to be, my friend. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, I love you. I pray that you have an awesome week, that you see God work in your home, in your family, and let's look for him to do great and mighty things in Jesus' name. God bless you.